0: With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Mimetziyah Dachav Bez, page 22. We begin on the second to last line of 21b, the last word on the line, Tashema, coming here. So we're in the middle of a discussion, an argument between Abaya and Rava in regards to Yehushalamidas, where somebody lost an object, but he's not yet aware of the fact that that item has indeed been lost. So we said that if someone's not aware, even if he's going to find out later, so it becomes an issue. So Vayi says that if he's going to find out later, that doesn't help us for now. Right now he has not yet given up hope. shalom idas, where there's a disconnection from the person to his object, but he's not aware of it, Leihav Yehu holds, it's not considered a disconnection. Since he hasn't given up hope yet, this item is not permissible to take. Whereas Ravah holds that no, since he's going to give up hope later, so we consider it as if right now he's also given up hope. So we've gone through a number of different proofs trying to show that one person is right over the other, we were unsuccessful, Tosh Shema is going to bring a different proof, let's see if somebody who steals behind the person's back from one person and gives it to another person, he's Robin Hood, or somebody who did it in front of the person, a gazlan, someone who steals in front of the person he's stealing from, he took it from this one and gave it to another person, or let's say there's a river that it overflows and while it's overflowing, it takes something from one property, places that item into someone else's property what's been taken is taken, what's been given is given meaning the person who it's currently in his possession is allowed to keep it so we understand in regards to a case where someone is stolen, it's in front of him that he's been stolen from, or when the river takes it away the Kachazile, he's going to see that it's been taken or it's been, it's been uh, removed and therefore he's going to give up hope on it so when this person finds it, it ends up in his possession, so he's allowed to keep it because the original owners have given up hope of receiving that thing back, but let's say it was taken from a hundred banks, how do you know that it was even stolen? They didn't know that it was stolen in order for them to give up hope in it, so how do you know that you can keep it? This would seem to be similar to what we're talking about, an unaware giving up hope, and we see that it's considered that it's given up hope because the person who's found it can keep it. Papa so Papa explains that we 're not talking about a case of a gun of a regular person who steals behind a person 's back, but rather we 're talking about armed robbers that 's what we 're talking about. is if indeed that 's the case, so then it 's exactly the same thing, same thing as a Goslan where somebody 's stealing in front of him. How is that any different? So My answer is indeed, it is the t- same type of thing, and it 's being done in front of the person who 's being stolen from that 's why it 's considered that the person has given up hope because he 's aware of the fact that he lost his item, someone stole it it 's just two different shades of Gazlonim. The Gemara tries to bring him another proof. of Let's say a river came along and took away someone's beams, his wood, or his stones. And they placed it into someone else's field. So it's permitted for the person whose field that entered to be able to keep them. Because the owners have given up hope. And Rashi explains that this is the type of thing, it's an unusual occurrence, and therefore it's something that the original owners who owned this stone, or whatever it was, they're going to find out immediately that such a thing. Happen as soon as they find out, they're going to give up hope, and therefore, when it enters into the possession of the new people, the people where it was dropped by the river, so they're going to be allowed to keep it because the original owners have given up hope. So the Gemara says, "Time at Sasha by by the because this is the type of case where we know that they give up hope immediately. But let's say it's a case where they're not going to be aware of that, so the indication would be that it would not be remissible for whoever finds it to keep it. So that sounds like a bai who said that if you have yeush shalomidas, if they're not aware of it, even if they would give up hope later on, nevertheless Have yeush, it's not considered that it's it's been given. Up, hope upon, and therefore, it's a question on Rava So the Gemara says, You know, we can answer what are we talking about over here? The case is talking about where he could save it, meaning, Rashi explains, that there's a sign upon this object, and therefore, if he doesn't know about it originally, and it wasn't a case of a Nahar, of a river taking it away, so he's not going to give up in the end, so it's not considered that he's given up now, and therefore, it has nothing to do with our case of Yehush Lamidas. This is a case where it wouldn't be Yehush at all, he's not going to give up hope later, even. If so, if that's the case, Amos says in the end, If the owners were running after their object, So then you have to return it. So the Gemara says, hold on a second, if the case is talking about where he could save it, meaning he has some kind of sign on it, who cares if he's running after it? Even if he's not running after it, you should have to return it because it has, a, it has a sign upon it. So the Gemara says, you know what the case is over here? The cases where theoretically he could save it when push comes to shove. Meaning it's difficult for him to save it, but theoretically he could save it. So if he's running after it, so he shows that he's not giving up hope on it, he's not Making it honorless. and therefore, if you get it, you've got to return it. Ain't Miradfin? But if he's not running after it, it shows that he doesn't care about it, and he's making it ownerless. And therefore, if you find it, it will be permitted for you to keep it, and despite the fact that it has a sign on it. Tashima. Come in here. How do we say that if someone takes off a tithe for someone else without his awareness, that nevertheless is considered that the tithe is taken off? Meaning, there's a concept that in order to take off a tithe, if I want you to take off the tithe for me, I have to be aware of the fact that you're taking it off. If not, if I'm not aware of the fact that someone is taking off my tithe for me, it does not take effect. But nevertheless, there are cases where we see that if it was done without my awareness, it's considered that I was aware of it even though I wasn't. What's the case? Let's say somebody goes down into someone else's field. It's Reuven's field. Shimon goes down into Reuven's field. And he collects some stuff and he takes off a tithe. Shimon takes off the tithe for Reuven without his permission. If when Reuven finds out about it, so it's clear that he's upset that he's been stolen from, so then it's not considered the tithe has been taken off properly. It does not take effect. But if he's not upset, if it's clear that he's not, he doesn't. Consider Considered as if someone has stolen from him, so then it does take effect. So now the Gemara says, and how do we know if he considers it as if it was stolen from him or not? let's say the homeowner came. The guy who owns this field comes, Ruvain who owns his field comes, um he finds Shimon and he's doing this thing, he's collecting some stuff, he's taking off the tithe V him. and Ruvain says to Shimon, etal go take nicer ones so now what did he mean when he said go take nicer ones was he being serious and he was saying that it was okay with him that he had taken off the ties in the first place but it would have been nicer perhaps if he took nicer ones or perhaps he's being sarcastic and he's saying why did not you just take nicer ones and therefore he didn't want him to do it so now Imnim Tzu man. the way we determine it is as follows. If there are indeed nicer ones, true Masochuma. So then it's clear when he said why didn't you take nicer ones, he was being serious, and therefore he was okay with the fact that Shimon came into his field and took off the tithes, and therefore the tithe that Shimon did take will indeed take effect. Vim lav, but if there aren't nicer ones, ain't true Masochuma. So that shows that when he said the statement, Why didn't you take nicer ones? He was being sarcastic, and therefore he wasn't okay with the fact that Shimon had done it. Likdu however, Let's say, after he says to him, why don't you take nicer ones? So then Reuven goes, and he collects some more stuff and adds on to the pile that Shimon had made. So then, in either event, whether there are nicer ones or not, it shows that he was okay with the fact that Shimon had indeed taken off this truma, this tithe for him. Now, what does this have to do with us? So it says, The Gemara says, What we see is that if there are indeed nicer ones, indeed it will be considered that the original tithe that Shimon had taken off, without the awareness of Reuven, it's a proper tithe. So the Gemara says, Am I? Why? At the time when Shimon was taking off the tithe for Reuven, Reuven was not even aware of that. So what we see here is that if we find that there's an acquiescence to something later on, and if he would have known about it earlier, he would have also acquiesced. So the fact that he knows we know about his acquiescence later on is enough for us to determine that it's considered as if he acquiesced earlier. So it will be the same thing in regards to Yehosh Since we know that later on, he's going to give up hope, despite the fact that he doesn't know about it right now, since he would have given up hope if he would have known about it, it's considered as if he has given up hope. So this is a proof to Rava, this is the concept that Rava said that Yayush only if he's not aware of it, Havi Yeush, it's considered that he's given up. And this is a question on Abai, because Abai said it's not considered that he's given up. So the Gemara answers, Interestingly, Rava himself who argues with Abaye, so he explains how Abaye can work out here. The case is talking about where he had originally indeed made him to be a messenger for him. Meaning, when we say that Shimon is doing it without the awareness of Ruving, it doesn't mean completely without his awareness, but rather it means that he didn't ask him or he didn't specify to him exactly which stuff, which quality produce should be taken from. And therefore, the messenger is, in a certain sense, acting on his own. Nevertheless, since there's an awareness on the part of the person who sent him, Ruven, the person who owns the field, that this person is going out to do it for him, so even though he didn't do specifically as he had had in mind, if it becomes clear later on that it was indeed good enough, so then it's going to be considered that he was a shliach, a proper messenger from the onset, and therefore the truma, the tithe that he takes off, will be considered a tithe it actually makes sense to say that we're talking about a case of a shliach of a messenger because if it would be true that he had not appointed him to be a messenger is it possible that it could be considered that, it's, that the tithe is a proper tithe the Torah says but it also adds on the word gam, which means also you what does that teach us, the extra word also this comes to teach us that there's a concept of a messenger because the concept of a messenger is really a it's really a novelty that you could send someone else to do something that you really should do yourself. So we learn it out from this extra word in the verse, gam, which means also. It's coming to include someone else. Now there is also a comparison between you, atem, and the gam, the person that's being included from the extra word, also. Ma atem Ashlu chachem Now just like when a person does something for himself, he takes off the truma, the time for himself. So there's an awareness, there's an attachment to his action because he's aware of what he's doing. So too, when there's a messenger, in order for him to be a proper messenger, there has to be awareness on the part of the person who sent him that this messenger is acting on his behalf. If there's no awareness, why? Because I didn't send you, so you can't act on my behalf without my awareness. <laughs> What's the case over here? He made him to be his messenger, and he said to him, "Go and take off the tithe for me." He didn't say from which ones he should take off the truma, the tithe. So normally, without any intention without any specification, so a a homeowner, when he takes off the truma, he takes off the tithe. He takes off from the middle type The middle quality So now what did this messenger do? He went and he took off from the nice ones Not just the middle quality And now the homeowner comes He finds him He's taking off from the nice ones And he says to him Why don't you go to nicer ones? So, so if indeed there are nicer ones than that Then it's considered the time that he took off That the, the homeowner was okay with that Because it's clear that he hadn't gone too far and taken something that was beyond the quality that he had had in mind. V'imlav. But if there is nothing nicer than that in Trumas of Truma, then it's clear that he's being sarcastic, and the Truma, the tie that he took off, is not considered a proper tithe, because he indeed has gone too far. He has surpassed the level that the homeowner himself had intended, and therefore he's not considered a messenger, a proper shliach of the Balabais of the homeowner. I think Omar tells us a story that has to do with our discussion. A Mehmar Omarzuch of these three sages, vustona Demari Bar Isak, they came to the orchard that belonged to this man named Mari Bar Isak. I see Arise, Tamri When they came to visit, so the sharecropper, the person who worked for this Mari Bar he brought in front of them some figs and some pomegranates. Veshadakamai placed it in front of them. Amemar Ravashi Achli. So Amemar and Ravashi, they were both eating. la But Marzutra refused to eat because he held that there was a problem of stealing because the owner of the orchard wasn't aware that they had received the stuff. in the meantime, also Mari Bar So the owner of the orchard comes. he finds them. So he turns to his sharecropper's worker And he says to him Why don't you give these sages From even nicer ones so afterwards, So Amemar and Avashi turn to Marzutra who had not been eating and they had been eating and they say as follows, Why aren't you eating now? that would seem to indicate that once he says that, it's okay. That in a case where the Baal Habayas, the homeowner comes along and says to the messenger, Why don't you take nicer ones? So it's considered that he's maskim, he acquiesces to the action that the messenger had done. So therefore over here as well, since Maribar Isaac, the owner of the field, told his shirk to take from nicer ones and there are indeed nicer ones so that shows that he's okay with what he's done so he should be able to eat from it so he responded and said as follows Rava. this is what Rav says the only time that we see that when someone says take nicer ones and there are indeed nicer ones that he means what he says is only in regards to truma in regards to the tithe exclusively because this is a commandment of and he's happy that the mitzvah the commandment be done in the proper way on his behalf but in this case where the shack did it without his permission so even though he's saying he should have taken nicer ones it's only because he's embarrassed that's why he's saying that. why don't you take nicer ones but it's not a proof that he really is okay with what was done Toshima. The Gemara tries to bring another proof, another relevant case, to our discussion of if Yehom Shalomidas, if one is not aware of it now, but he becomes aware of it later, if the awareness that we have later is enough for it to be considered, since he would have been Miyash, he would have given up hope earlier. And we know that, even though he didn't know, is it considered that he's given up hope or not? Let's see. So just a quick introduction before we begin the case, we're going to speak about the concept of tuma of impurity, and the ability for fruit to be able to contract impurity. And the ramifications of this are that a Kohen a priest, so when he gets his truman, when he gets the tithes that are special for him, so it has to be eaten in purity. If it becomes impure, it becomes tummy, so then it's not permitted for the Cohen, the priest, to be able to eat those fruits. Now, how does it become impure? So one of the ways that it can become impure is if it becomes wet, and then something which is impure touches it. So, but if it's not wet, so even if something impure touches it, it doesn't become impure. But there's one stipulation when it becomes wet in order for it to be able to have the ability, the potential to contract impurity, so that wetness has to be something which the person who's placing the wetness or the, the person whose fruits it is, he finds it desirable that it be wet. Only water that's desirable by the person who owns that fruit, only that has the ability to give it the potential to contract tumah, impurity. Now, Oidei in the v'somach. Let's say there are some fruits and they got wet from the dew, the morning dew. And the person, he finds out about it, and he's happy about it. So then it's considered, like the verse says, that even if it's placed there on its own, if he's happy about it, so then it's considered it's placed there with his happiness, with his acquiescence, so to speak, and therefore has the ability to contract Tuma impurity. Let's say it was wiped off from its wetness. Even though later on he says, you know, I was happy that it was wet before. We turn to Chafpay, base page 22b. So it doesn't help us for before, it's not considered that it had the potential to be able to contract this impurity despite the fact that he's happy better now and he shows that he would have been happy better it earlier so the Gmar says what's the reason it's clear that we don't say we see that even though he's happy better now it doesn't help us for earlier so this is a question on Rava, because Rav says that if we know now that he would give up hope on it so then that would show that he would have given up hope on it earlier and that's enough for it to be considered that he gave up hope earlier but here we see that when someone shows that he acquiesces to something later and he would have acquiesced to it earlier that's not going to be considered enough for it to be considered that he has acquiesced earlier so the Gemara says it's not a proof. It's not a good comparison. Shani hasem. It's different in regards to contracting impurity. Because there, what the verse says, when it says, Kiyutan, when, when it says that the water shall be placed upon it, and only then does it have the potential to contract impurity, so the way the verse writes it is as if it says, yitain. Even though it's read, Kiyutan, as if there's above, it's written, Kiyitain. So what that teaches us is, yitain, That the only time that it has the potential to contract impurity is only if he actually physically placed it upon it so that's why even though he shows his acquiescence later on it doesn't help us for earlier because he actually has to physically place it upon it the Gemara says hold on a second if that's true in the first case also he didn't actually physically place it upon it he just acquiesced to the fact that it was there he was happy that it was there so the Gemara says no, in the first case where he acquiesced to the fact that it was there and he was aware of it at the time the reason is as the Rapapa says the Rapapa Rami because the Rapapa has the following contradiction the verse says it's written without a vav and it can be read that it has to be placed there but, but we read it as if there's a vav there and that it's getting placed there on its own so how does that work how does this work this teaches us that when it's placed there on its own there has to be a similarity to a case where someone actively places it there just like when a person actively places it there so he's aware of the fact that he's doing it so to when it happens on its own so the verse is teaching us that it also has to be with his awareness the fact that he's aware later and he says if I would have known about it earlier I would have been happy with it that's not going to be. Enough. From the way that the Torah wrote it, it wrote it without the letter Vav, so it could have been read, Ki yitain, as if to say that it has to be placed there actively. So it's teaching you that even if it's not placed there actively, so that has to be done with an aspect of actually placing it there. And that is that there's an awareness on the part of the person at the time when the water gets there. Only then will it have the ability to be Mechabal tumma, to be able to contract impurity. The Gemara brings another case which will be relevant to our discussion once again. How do we know that there is a lost object that was washed away by the river, that is permitted for whoever finds it to keep it? The verse says as follows. And so shall you do to his donkey, so shall you do to his shirt, so shall you do to any lost object of your brother, that will be lost from him. Umatsasa, that you shall find. So, the verse says you have to return such an object. Now, the verse is an extra word. It says, mimenu, that's lost from him. Why does it say that it's lost from him? This is teaching you that we're talking about an object which is lost specifically from him, but anyone else can access. That will come to exclude a case where not only is it lost from him, but it's lost from everyone. Where no one can access it because it was washed away by the river. In such a case, it's not necessary to return that lost object, and it can be kept by the person who found it. V'isura dumya de and from the fact, as Rashi explains, from the fact that we see that this verse talks about two different cases, it talks about the case where you have to return it and it's forbidden for you to keep it, but it also talks about a case where it's permitted to keep it. Right? So from the fact that we have these two concepts in the same verse, so there's a comparison that's going to be made. Mahatira, just like when it comes to something that you're permitted to keep, bing the ispasimon, being the lespasimon, it applies whether or not there was a distinguishing factor, distinguishing sign upon it. Either way, shara it's permitted to be kept. Afisura. So so too in the case where it's not not permitted to be kept, that you have to return it. Whether or not there's a sign upon it, there's gonna be a case where it's forbidden to keep. What's that case? If there's no sign on it, why wouldn't you be able to keep it? The guy can't even prove that it's his. The answer is because since he doesn't know right now that he's lost it, even if he's going to give up hope on it later on, since he doesn't know now, you can't keep it because it's not disconnected from him. To the Rava This is an ironclad disproof of Rava. Because Rava said that the fact that he's going to find out later on, he's gonna give up hope later on, it's considered as if he's giving up hope now. Here we see clearly that the fact that he's going to give up later on does not help us for now. The fact that he doesn't know now, it's not gonna be permitted for the person who's found it to be able to keep it. So Rava is disproven. And there are six different laws that are represented by these letters, Ya'al Kigam. And this is one of the six where we find that the halacha, the law is going to be like Abaye, the Yud is Yehush Shalomidas. So the son of Rava, says the following to Ravashi: Now that Rava has been disproven, If let's say some figs fall down from the wind, how can we eat them? The law is it's permitted. How can we eat them? The owners are not aware of the fact that it's fallen. They're going to find out later on. That's not going to help us for now. It's There's no awareness right now. Amar Leis who responded and said, The reason that it's permitted is as follows. Since there are bugs that are going to eat it when it falls, may so, the owners of the fig tree, even from the onset, they've given up hope. They know that the wind is going to come and blow them down, and they know that there are bugs that are going to eat them. And therefore, they say to themselves that they don't retain ownership on those things, even from the onset. And therefore, it's not considered Das. it's considered that there's a that is giving up hope with their knowledge. So, he asks another question. He says, What about some orphans? If you have some orphans who are minors, they don't have the ability to forgive something that belongs to them. So, we should be concerned that perhaps the figs that you're taking belong to these orphans, and therefore it would be stealing. Omar leh, so he responded as follows, We don't assume that the figs that you're eating from actually belong to orphans, since the orphans are the exception and not the rule. So he says back to him, What if you know for a fact that this is a field, this is a fig tree that belongs to an orphan, or let's say you have a case where the tree is surrounded by rocks, and no bugs can get into that area and eat up the figs that will fall. Will it be permitted to take it then? Omar leh, asirun. so he said in such a case, it's forbidden because since there's no one giving up hope on those things, it would be considered stealing if one would eat that. We continue with a quote from the Mishnah. Kui said that if you find bundles in the public domain, it's permitted to keep them. Amar Rabbah. says, Even if it's something that has a sign upon it, a distinguishing factor, nevertheless it's permitted to keep it. Alma. We can deduce, because of a rabbi, that Rabbah holds, Simen HaOssili Doris LeHavi since it's something which ordinarily will get trampled upon and the sign will be lost, so even though it actually has not been trampled upon and has not lost his sign, the owner assumes that it would have been trampled and therefore he's given up hope upon it and therefore it's permitted to keep it. Rava Amar. Rava says This is how we said it's permitted to keep a bundle that was found in the public domain is only if it doesn't have a sign but if it does have a sign it does have a distinguishing factor then you will indeed have to announce it So we can deduce that that something which is a sign that usually will get trampled upon nevertheless if it has not gotten trampled upon it still is considered a distinguishing sign and therefore one would not be allowed to keep it he would have to announce it there were those who actually had this argument between Rava and Raba as a separate discussion that had nothing to do with the Mishnah, as follows. If there's a sign that ordinarily will get trampled upon and be lost, Raba says it's not considered a good sign, Rava says no, it is considered a good sign, as long as it hasn't been trampled. So if you find bundles in the public domain, you're allowed to keep it. But if you find it in a private domain, so then you take it and you announce it what's this case because clearly we're talking about a case in the first part where it's is in a public domain it's something that you ordinarily get trampled upon so if when you found that it doesn't have any sign at all so if you find it in a private domain what are you announcing if it has no sign it must be that it has the sign and we said if you find it in a public domain you're allowed to keep it we can deduce that if you have a sign that ordinarily gets trampled upon it's not considered a proper sign even though the sign is still there and we permitted to keep it to you to so that would be an upshlug, a disproof of Ravah. So Ravah says as follows. Really, I'll tell you the case is talking about where there is no sign upon it. And this that you asked, if we're talking about a private domain, what are you announcing if there's no sign upon it? I'll tell you what you announced. You announced the place where it was found. And we find elsewhere that Ravah holds that, in fact, the place where an object is found is not considered a proper sign. The Itmar, we have the following Amoritic statement. in regards to the place. Rabba says it's not considered a sign. But Rabba But holds that in fact it is considered a sign come in here if somebody finds little bundles in the public domain it's permitted to keep them If it's in a private domain so you take it and you announce it but if they are big bundles when well, we're talking about a public domain or a private domain you take it and you announce it how are each of these sages going to explain this so Rabbi will explain according to his own understanding that the thing you're announcing has to do with the sign and and will explain according to his understanding that you're going to announce the place. Rabbi Matar maybe Simon, he'll explain as follows that you're going to announce the sign. So when it comes to small bundles in the public domain, you're allowed to keep them because they're going to get trampled upon, and therefore the owners, they're going to give up hope because they're going to assume that their sign is going to get lost. But if it's in a private domain, so you pick it up and you announce because in a private domain it's not ordinary for them to get trampled upon, and therefore the owners don't assume that their sign has been lost. But we're talking about large bundles, whether we're talking about a public domain or a private domain, so you're going to pick them up and you're going to announce them, you're going to try to return them to their owner. Because since they're tall, so people are not going to trample upon them, therefore the owners are not going to give up hope, they're going to assume that their sign is still there. And Rav will explain as, as follows, according to his own reasoning, the thing that you're announcing has to do with the place. If we're talking about bundles in the public domain, because they get kicked around and and when you find them so you're not actually going to find them in the, in the original place that they fell down and therefore the person doesn't have any sign but if you find them in a private domain there will be an obligation to announce them because they don't get kicked around they don't get moved around and therefore the place itself is going to be a proper sign but if we're talking about large bundles whether it's in a public domain or the private domain so you're going to take it and you're going to announce it the since they're heavy so they're not going to get kicked around so easily therefore wherever you found them even if it's in a public domain it's going to be the place that they they were lost, and therefore the original owner who has lost them will indeed be able to identify them based on where they were lost. One last point that Rashi says, according to Rabbi who says that we announce the place, so the way it works is that a person says, that whoever found it, so he goes up and he says, I found an object, it doesn't specify which object, but he says, I found this object in such and such a place, and then the person who actually lost the object, so he's able to claim that object by identifying what exactly it was, which item was lost in that place, and then he receives it back.